It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lordson. Kelly, I have a very important question. Yes. Where's the sloth? The sloth. What do you mean? Where? Is there an actual sloth? Please Where tell me there's an actual is sloth. sloth. The sloth. He lives in his own house. Here. Mm-hmm. I can. Yeah, he, he has his own tiny house. He like has- I can meet him today. You could look through the window. No, why can't I? What do you mean? Well, he has his own caretakers that go in and take care of him. But I couldn't like. You could look through the window. So, because he has his own like chill. Can life. you like? But you can hug like. If the caretakers were here, like I could yeah, potentially. Yeah, if the caretakers were here, but you could you could look at them, yeah. But the caretakers aren't here, is what you're trying to say? No, they're not they, here right they now. Were, they were they, here this morning. Would they be here later today before I leave? Maybe, maybe. So you, you realize <laughs> that you opened up a can of worms by starting well, that way because listen, I can't believe you're just telling me that now. I wanted to do this to do a couple <laughs> things to a. Set the tone for the energy of this podcast because, Kelly, you are one of the most creative, eclectic human beings that we both know. And, and Really? And, yeah. And, and you know, oh, I, I, I don't know how you define yourself, right? Like, the, it's such an interesting time on planet Earth where, you know, we're examining the, the meaning and the depth of the terms we use to describe mm-hmm. not only who we are, but what we do for a living, what totally. we do artistically. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way I could probably describe you would be like a creative chameleon. I like that. I don't know if that resonates, but yeah. but when I think of you, I think of this person who's so dynamic and so free and so fluid and just someone in the years that I've known you, it's like you've done so many different things and you have such a wealth of knowledge and experience. I just when I think of you, I think of this amazing rainbow colored, amazing <laughs> lizard with these amazing, you know cool. I don't know, just you do so much and you have done so much, you continue to do so much. And Thank so I, I just felt like starting off with an exploration of your denizens here cool. at the property was a good way to open Let's it up. Do it. I don't yeah. Know. We ha- I'll go into where I live. It's a very unique situation. And I feel really grateful to be here because it's something that I've never experienced before and I'll probably never experience again. I feel like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity that I'm experiencing right now. So I'm like, it's been a really good practice of being super present because where in the hell would this ever happen again? And exactly how, well, first of all, for the listeners, right? Yeah. If you could just give kind of a, as much as you want to go into of the environment you live in, because it is so incredibly unique and diverse and electric here. The energy is electric to me. Talk a little bit about that. What drew you here? Yeah. And also, how does this environment reflect your inner life like this is your outer life where you live Mm -hmm. but when i'm here it's like oh okay this feels like kelly so like being here (laughs) no but how does that reflect your inner life being here yeah so ferguson's downtown is a city block rooted in community and so we're literally so right now where we're at we're in a tiny house that's under our umbrella of the gather house which is no big deal no big deal you know we hang out in tiny houses and airstreams which jason and i love like it is a big deal to us no, Jason is really obsessed with tiny houses and I'm I obsessed with Airstreams and any type of trailers and living. So, and there's a llama and now I find out there's a sloth here and it's like, like vegan and eco-friendly. Dogs. 
Yeah. I, we have a, never it's leave. not totally vegan, but it's very vegan friendly. I yes. have to say like, cause Ashley and myself are like the most, I'm vegan. She's like vegetarian, but like they always make vegan options for us and all of our events have vegan options and it's, but I'm really, saying if we moved in, it would be, it would even be more vegan. The vegan friendly. powers will really yeah, it would start to shift. Do you see what she's doing already? I do. Yeah. I see the manifestation. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. About There's this. a new so one of my neighbors is super fucking cool and oh, do we curse here? Oh yes, okay, we do. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um and he's super into like making vegan stuff. And so he's always looking for new vegan products and new vegan cheeses and vegan eggs and like vegan meats. And it's really cool that he's so supportive of it. And so um, there's always something new and vegan in the mail coming here, which is so cool. And wh- what's it like being here? Uh, obviously, you being such a creative dynamo here in this community in Las Vegas, you know, yeah. what is this experience as an artist and entrepreneur and creative being plugged into this community here? It reminds me of New York back in the day when oh, like, Brooklyn, like Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. kind of oh, like sure. that kind of like, because down we're in downtown Las Vegas and there's already an established community here, which is incredible. And so part of the growth of downtown Las Vegas was Zappos moving headquarters down here. I think that's now like seven years ago or so. And then the CEO of Zappos, Tony, he created an investment group, the Downtown Project, that invested $350 million into our downtown area. $50 million of that was to small business. So Vegination, which was the first big project I've really ever worked on and was like so grateful to be a partner of and help build that. And tell the listener what that is. Yeah, so that's a community-based vegan restaurant. And so we opened up that restaurant about five years ago in downtown. So we got the investment from the downtown project. So Chef Donald is the founder. He pitched the idea. We got funded. I moved back from New York City to where I was living on an urban farm. That was oh, really wait. random. Didn't too. we hang out with Kelly in New York City? We did. We when go- you and I were dating, we, we yes. hung out. You were working on an online course. I remember this. I think we were with Mike and we Ari were, too. Weren't we at? We went to the sushi place. Didn't yes. we go to Beyond Sushi? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. What year? That was probably 2013. And then you lived in Astoria. I did. I used to live in Queens in Astoria. You lived like a few stops down from me. I did. I lived on the Ditmar stop. Yep. Right. But not at the same time. Not at the same no, time. No, I left New York in 06. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, my fucking years wow, scrambled I forgot up, that you were I in New York. There. So I was living yes. on an urban farm, which is fucking random too. So yep. apparently I have a thing for creative, weird, cool living. Chameleon. Com- community. Chameleons, yeah. if you will. Yes. So I was living there. Chef called me, got the money. I moved back. So I've been downtown for the last five years. Haven't really left this block because I'm <laughs> just working so much, which is awesome. And then through that, I met my friend Jen Toller, who is the co-founder of Ferguson's downtown. And we've just stayed really good friends. And she was like, hey, like I'm starting this project. I want you to like come and hang and just see what we're doing. And then they invited me to do what they call winter camp, where people are invited to stay for the winter and host gatherings and just get to know people to see if it's like a good fit overall or just have a cool experience for a winter. So two years ago, she invited me to winter camp. And I was going through a really weird time in my life, which is a whole other fucking story. And I was like, yes, I would love (laughs) to come to winter camp. Like, please. And she's like, just come. And I never left. So that's almost two years ago. I never left. 
after winter camp. So I was like, hey, girl, do you mind if I just stay? Because, like, I really like it here. It's really weird, and I'm into it. So she's like, yeah. So I started curating. Um, she started Market in the Alley, which is, like, now over 70 local makers, artists, curators in our That's alley. So cool. It's so cool. It really is. And so I started curating that with my friend Ashley. And then we just started building this relationship, and now I'm working on this project full time now. I don't even know what the original question was, but we have <laughs> residential, then we have hotel units, and then we are revitalizing a hotel in the fr- the old motel from the 40s into maker spaces, so restaurants, cool. artist studios. And then we have a skate park that's going to be coming. Then we have a alley that we activate different events, and we have a food park. Good God. And then we're going to be moving next door to the next project. Okay, so- Wait, wait. The tap, Does that make the, sense? The tap I was doing on you, Jason, was that I wanted to talk- <laughs> Oh, I don't. I, I'm still learning what the different taps mean. Like, we need to have like one tap means this, two taps means this. Okay, go ahead. Did you get a one tap or a two tap? I got a double tap. Okay, the two well, tap. What does that mean? One tap was like trying to get his hey. attention. Like, hey, I'm about to ask her something. And then the second tap was hey, 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 hey. Don't forget, because I I could feel that he's so excited to ask you things, but so am I. So we're kind of like I'm we're down, fighting guys. over your attention we're, on this podcast, down, Kelly Bennett. Okay, I feel like this is all such a great transition to one of the big things that we wanted to talk with you about today, which is this this notion that a lot of people have about Vegas being not a healthy city, mm-hmm. not eco-friendly. Like when people hear that I enjoy coming to Vegas, which Thank I you. love coming to Vegas. Every time I come to Vegas, I feel like it's getting better and better. People are perplexed when I tell them this. They don't know about the vegan options, the food options. There's juice bars. And they don't know that there's this whole like eco-friendly, conscious community here. So I'd love for you to talk about that. Totally. I mean, for me, I feel like you've been so involved with that, Kelly. And that's such a huge passion of yours. You and I met years ago. I, 2010, maybe? Yes. That's probably makes sense. So when I started Eco Vegan Gal in 2008, mm-hmm. you know, I was big on like Twitter and blogging yep. and YouTubing and, and you and I came across it through your work with Vegan Consultant, yep. right? My and then we block. met when I was living in San Francisco and we met at an Earth Day event. At Berkeley. Yep. And we hit it off. Yep. And that, you know, now You brought fast me to the forward. first Cineholic. Yep. Exactly. I was oh just thinking God, about that. Oh, my God. This yes. is throwback. I know. This is throwback. This is like OG vegan talk right here. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so, anyways, it's so cool for me to see what you have done. And I've always been drawn to you because you're an eco-vegan like I am. Thank you. Right? Yeah. And so, I love that you have helped raise the eco-veganness of Vegas in so many ways. I'd love for you to share with people what's going on here. And And I I have to say, like, there's such a now rally of people who are into this. Like, they inspire me. Like, my friend Ashley, who lives here, she's going to be really leading the charge on sustainability. So our goal that we're working through is, like, making this the most sustainable venue space. So she's really leading the charge on that. I learn from her every day. Um, I would say, like, Vegan's Baby, Diana Edelman, she's been doing so much of adding vegan options to the city. Um, And then chefs now being open to making vegan options. And for me, I just always wanted to make it feel cool, so approachable, convenient. Those are always my ethos of like, if I can 
really check off these boxes, we can make it just like normal, you know? Um, so I think through the restaurant, I was really able to test those theses of like, okay, cool. If we do like social events or like not just even about veganism, but different topics that would be relevant to people who could have some sort of crossover of interest. So like environmental people or like political activists, um, People who are artists and musicians, maybe they would want to be plant-based or eat more vegan to help them perform better. Whatever it is, I was fucking finding anything that could, like, help connect those dots. And it's amazing of, like, so many people could just rally around it. Maybe they don't do it every day, but just, like, making it feel cool to do it once a week or, like, just Mm -hmm. get started. Um, And then as far as environmentalism and, like, eco and sustainability, it's still growing here. We have a lot of work to do. But I would say overall people are super open-minded and they're willing to learn and they're willing to sit down and listen to the why, which I've never seen before as so open-minded. And you're saying that about the people that live here, right? Live here, I think a lot of people think of Vegas as like- that city. Or no, people think of it as this is the place that you go to visit, not the place that you live. Right. And so there's uh, like a whole new, whole other side totally. of Vegas of people that, that live here. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated by that too because- now I know a few people that live in Vegas and it's, it's so interesting to me, the difference between, you know, visiting somewhere versus living somewhere. And I guess like in my head, at least, and and I would think a lot of people think this way is that it it seems like a tourist destination, Mm -hmm. not a residence. So you see Vegas in a whole different way. Plus like the fact that you live in this area that is this hot, yeah. Most of the, right? Isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's 110 degrees today. It's a little fucking hot. Yeah. No, it's for sure. Nuts. So every, in the summer, I'm like, guys, we shouldn't be here right now. Like, we got to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I love what we're creating. And even though I'm hot, uh, <laughs> I cool down. And then living in a fucking airstream in the summer is a whole other new experience this is my second summer in the airstream so it does get like yesterday my computer was like heating up and i was just like in my house under the blasting under the ac and i was like damn this is hot you know but i sweat a little bit i'm like i'm detoxing you know i just remind you to like be good to the environment because you know right now there's a few cities that get that hot but if we're not careful over time, most cities sure. will be that hot all the time. And that's pretty scary. Uh, yeah. I, and I want to jump into something that's a little more, uh, I guess, overarching because, you know, Kelly, and the whole time I've known you, you've been such a incredible voice for not only veganism, animal rights, eco-activism, uh, creativity, art, catalyzing community here, but also, but, but also yeah. women's rights, you yeah. know, Native oh, American rights, LD, LGBTQ, you know, you are so passionate. Your heart is in so many different things and you've been a voice. Even when it's uncomfortable to speak out, I've noticed that you have been at the forefront, whether it's on social media or in person or the events you organize, Mm -hmm. you've been just very, very willing to speak your truth, speak from your heart. And, And I guess I'm just curious in leaning into that discomfort and using your voice and using your platform to speak out and raise awareness about these things. What's you know? What's your why? What is the overarching or underlying, I suppose, fuel or motivation inside of you 
that you feel compelled to really speak out and speak your truth on all of these subjects? Like what what's deep inside that motivates you to do that? Yeah. Well, first I would say that I have the privilege to do so mm-hmm. and recognizing yes. that and owning that and saying, okay, I do have this privilege with my voice, with how I present, how I can easily flow through the world in most spaces right. um, that I need to leverage that and get into spaces where maybe some people can't or haven't, or those voices haven't been heard yet um, and make sure that they are um, being spoken about and being brought more importantly to the table too. Um, I personally was really inspired when I lived in China and um, mm. in 2007, 2000, and 2007, 2008. And we had a really big earthquake, like a 7.8 magnitude oh, earthquake in Chengdu, China. Yeah, it was really gnarly. And 100,000 people, if you ask like more of like the American side of the data, the Chinese side of the data will tell you something different. That's a whole other thing. But um, about 100,000 people died on the other side of the mountain than I lived on. So Mm -hmm. I lived – I was safe. I lived in the basin, right? But on the outsides of the earthquake, uh, the mountain, I should say, 100,000 people died. A lot of kids, a lot of hospitals collapsed, and we were the safe haven for all the people who – escaped and lived. So millions of people lived on our sidewalks and just having that reality check of like, holy fucking shit. Like I felt the earthquake. I ran like our power lines were down. We didn't know if we were going to have food and water. Um, I couldn't get in touch with my parents for like weeks, but I was able to actually call my mom. I had like five minutes left on a calling card before they shut down all the phone lines. So I called her quick, like, Hey mom, I was in an earthquake. I'm sure it won't make the news because it's here, you know, long story short, then everything went, I had to live under a kitchen table for a while with like 20 different kids in like a studio apartment. It was nuts. So after that, I was like, wow, life is really like precious. And like, you really don't know what's going to happen. Cause I remember that day I was just like eating lunch with my friends. And like one of my friends was off to go to like Shanghai. And like, we were just like shooting the shit. And with that, like, literally pieces of buildings were coming down and like people were screaming down the street and like we didn't know if we were gonna live or die and like all the Chinese I ever learned like flew out of my head because when you're in such a panic like you freeze and like you don't remember stuff and it was like really um soul-wrenching like everything I had I've never been that present you know in an experience so And all my friends, we got separated and I only had one other friend who like froze and like couldn't talk anymore. It was like really intense. So after that, and I remember I was like atheist before that because I thought I was cool. And like, I was like, I don't believe in anything, just myself. Like I was just like on this thing. And then I fucking prayed to everybody. I'm like, baby Jesus, Buddha. I don't care. Everybody, God. I was like, if anyone's listening, like. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble from my mom and dad who didn't want me to go on this fucking trip. Like, I really can't die right now. Like, (laughs) this will be really, really bad. Like, my parents will be super mad at me. So, like, I remember sitting by a rock and I just prayed to everyone and everything I could think of. And I was like, I swear to God, if I live and my friends live, I will dedicate every single day of the rest of my life to doing good in the world. I'll just figure it out. Don't have to give me much. Just let me live. Let me use my voice for good. I promise I'll speak up for people, animals, anyone that's being oppressed, any 
you know, anything that I could lend a voice to or shed a light on, I promise I'll do. And that was in 2008. So honestly, every day I have this feeling of like, I'm alive. We lived. Okay, what can I do today? So that's like really at the heart of like, why? The, I, I mean, I'm just like taking in the totality of this story because you described it in such a visceral, emotional way. Yeah. And and w- what comes to my mind as you shared that is how a disaster or death mm-hmm. or tragedy or these pivotal moments can not only awaken us to something that might be more real or more important to us, but how it seems like people band together and that these- yeah. Sometimes, I'm not saying in every case, but but that people catalyze together to human to human. So in these moments of you know tragedy or disaster or things that you experienced in China, you know, it's interesting that in, in these type of moments, it seems that humanity catalyzes together to support one another or band together to help rebuild to support one another. And you know, I'm always curious, this is more of an observation and a question, mm-hmm. why you know, we have these moments of like, human, human, I love you, let me help you. But then when disaster is not happening, it seems that there's totally. this stratification we kind of reset back to. Like well, like in those yeah. moments, we don't think necessarily in some cases about race, creed, color, sexuality, just right. I want to help my fellow human. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, we kind of have this weird selective amnesia. It's like, oh, back to normal. Yeah. Yes. Like, why do you think that is in terms of our, our human programming or human conditioning? I think- those experiences you realize that you actually that you need each other to survive i think it's like a survival thing that we get really primal because we're shaken to our core and we're like wow we really do need each other to survive right but when you're not just looking at surviving i think people really separate and just really think about themselves maybe moving forward and like themselves individually and we live in a very individualistic society here in the states where in china they're more communal they're very like social they think about the whole family which i really loved and i have to say too like when i was in china people were in situations where their family was maybe on the other side of the mountain or they didn't know where their family was and they were checking up on me which i was really blown away by and that really like opened my eyes to like wow the amount of generosity and love that people had for us being foreigners was really heart opening then I'm like, I'll always pay that back. So that's something I'm really mindful of too, because I've experienced it. So I want to make sure that when now speaking of, you know, shit going on, say out of borders or something like that, like we're just all human. So if we can lend a hand or lend a voice or take some small action to help someone life live better, like, of course, you know, and I would say like, I lived in New York. So I'm from New York. I was in New York for 9-11. I was on Long Island for that, which Thankfully, we were all safe. But like wait, one of my friends, that was after the earthquake. No, nine eleven. Oh wait, was I guess before. not two thousand one. Yeah, and the earthquake was two thousand six or eight. Yeah. Okay. So nine eleven, I was on Long Island, and so but a lot of people were affected by nine eleven, and then like you know the sky was black, and like everyone um, was rallying like supplies and food. So that was like my first experience of like people rallying together and like everyone had candles lit and everyone had flags out and it was like everything shut down and everyone came together and that was like my first experience with that and I that always struck me too of like wow why can't we do this together 
when it's good times, yes. you know? So yes. that's always stuck with me. And I think maybe that's why too, I enjoy like community living because it's like in the good times and in the hard times, we all live together and like look out for each other. And then I lived in London and I, the bus I rode to work every day was bombed the year after I was there. Like the bus line, the time I would been on the bus. Yeah. So then when I lived in China, <laughs> this sounds really weird, but then I lived in China with that earthquake and I was like, holy shit, you know, like we're like you're it, narrowly escaping it's a all weird, of this so tragedy. I right? tell my right. friends that sometimes they're like, we're not hanging out with you anymore. We don't know. Because what, <laughs> what do you, how much more chances you got, girl? They're looking at your astrological chart. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, like in that. her eighth house, yeah. where's Sat? And I'm pulling also, this all out of my ass, by the way. There was the, the shooting in Vegas. There was. Oh and that God, was horrific. Right, right. You were here for that, too. Yeah. I lived. I was down the street for that. That was horrific. Um, so, Yeah. Again, seeing people band together. And my big thing, going back to your point is, and especially Vegas, because there was never anything like that here before, and seeing how everyone came together. And what I, I will say, it's been really beautiful. I've, I have seen that continuation of people coming together. Um, it's not just in tragedy. Like, it's a new city, if you will, of like a lot more people coming here and moving here. So I think the more that we've been creating community events, just speaking on Ferguson's or even Vegination being a community-based <laughs> restaurant, that's why I poised it like that, um, positioned it in that way, because people were craving that. And so this has been a really cool experience of just seeing people come together in the good times and wanting to build stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the question that came up for me too, is like in, in all of these um, outreach programs that you do and the events you've created and, and of course all the activism that you do, have you ever had a response from someone where they were just like, Hey, uh, you, you mentioned privilege before. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you don't really understand. Like, yeah. I see you reaching out. I see you using your voice. I yeah. see you doing this. Like, you don't understand what my life is like. Totally. And when that, it, you're saying totally, yes, that's happened. Yeah. Like, how how do you respond to that type I of always invite someone reaction? out for coffee. You do? Yeah. I'm okay. like, cool. Coffee on me. When can you meet next week? Set up a day and time. Invite him for coffee and then fucking listen. Yeah. I'm like, Please, if you don't mind sharing, because I, you know, emotional labor is a real thing. Like, if you don't mind sharing, how can, how can I listen better? How can I be more of an ally? And then moving forward, it's not me speaking on behalf of anyone. It's like, how can I bring more people into spaces that I have the resources to get into? And how can I skill share that or resource share that? That's my practice. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I always work on it and be mindful of it. But that's what I'm working on. And I like when people say that to me. I'm like, cool. As long as you're down to like have a conversation or like be down to like share. But I understand people who are tapped out in that way. So maybe it's taking their course or knowing about their classes or, you know what I'm saying? Supporting and putting um, time, money, resources into something they're already working on. And that's also too with this project and just being downtown, like there's already been a lot established. So it's not reinventing the wheel. It's more of like, how can we come together and just build better stuff for the community or like not even better, but like um, how can we band together and just do more things collectively? Do you feel like what you're doing, everything you're involved in, how you choose to live, do you feel like this is a microcosm or a blueprint, if you will, of perhaps how we can move together collectively as humanity with all the challenges we're facing and in terms of socioeconomic in terms of 
the climate crisis in terms mm-hmm. of you know the racial inequality i mean again we go back to how many subjects and, and things you're well versed on and, and you have your learning about yeah yeah i mean do you feel like like this is a uh i don't know i guess everything we're discussing is a blueprint or a microcosm of hey if we're going to be healthy as human beings community wise health wise like this is sort of what you're doing and where you're living. Do you think that it I could be replicated? So. I think it's a test. Yeah. I do. And I think how I lived on like the, how I lived in China, right? With all like these kids from around the world and we all band together and we all live together. And a lot of us had different skill sets of language or like being able to travel um, different privilege. And that's really eye opening when I saw the privileges that I had. Just having an American passport is a huge privilege. Um, being able to tr- travel abroad or study abroad, you know, yeah. being a girl that was able to be alive. Like a lot of the girls that I knew in China, they were like, yeah, our parents had to make a hard choice to keep us because they only have one child. That's nuts. You know what I'm saying? So all of that really opened my eyes. Yep. Um, And then, so living there and then living in New York on the community farm, that was really eye-opening of like, wow, that talk about eco, like they're super, my friend Rob is amazing. Like we had compostable toilets, like the whole nine. We grew our own food on the roof. We had a CSA with bees and chickens and it was a whole thing. Um, and I, I saw that as a blueprint of like, okay, you could live in a huge city like New York City, yeah. but you could be eco and mindful of how you live. So that was one. And then being here, it's more on like the creative side of like, mm-hmm. how do we creatively build businesses and like help grow a sustainable local economy. And for me, that's what I've been really focused on is like building community-based economies and how can we build small businesses. But but in building those small businesses, have part of the blueprint of those um, being able to be profitable, sustainable, impactful, and really teaching people how to check those boxes in the beginning and how building that small business really helps just maybe that one family and that one family Mm -hmm. can create more jobs or they can work with other small businesses. Um, because when you're independent and able to make money or have some sort of, um, impact in that way, starting small, I think you build off of that. And that's, what I'm really inspired by now. But yeah, I see I see it as a test. I see it as a blueprint. Um, yeah. And I the see- community part of it, though, is so huge. Jason and I end up talking about this a lot because it seems like when it comes to mental well-being, one of the biggest keys to that is a sense of community. Yeah. And that that comes up a lot in conversations personally and and on the podcast is that so many people are lonely. So many people feel alone. And it seems like that can contribute to anxiety and depression and struggles. And then the the whole overwhelm and discomfort when it comes to things like a composting toilet or living in a tiny home. I mean, part of that, the obstacle for me is, wow, that sounds so great. That feels so in alignment with my values, but I'm overwhelmed. But the idea of learning how to do all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or how do I find a community like this where I can live in a trailer? You know, it's like, I think for a lot of people, that feels like a huge obstacle because they don't know where to begin. But mm-hmm. when you have community, 
when you have people that are already experts or, or experienced in something, that is one of the easiest ways to transition is to be surrounded by people who are already doing it. And I think that's why community is so huge. Yeah. So for you, like to come in here two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then just like be able to establish yourself with all these people that already know what they're doing. And now you're part of the community. You can bring in other people if you wanted to right. and teach them those things. That's so huge. So maybe a huge piece of advice for people that want to do something like that is to find a community that already exists and, and kind of like having a mentor or come into a space where you're welcome yeah, in that way. I would way. say like um, I always lead with what I could share. Just being like, hey, I could do this. Like I see what you guys are already working on or I see what the goals are. Like I'm able to do this, right? So yeah. how I got started in just this environment and this community here is so I was going back and forth from Vegas to New York. I'm from New York. My parents moved to Vegas. I went to school out here too. I kept just moving back and forth. Like, what do I want to do? I got all these college degrees. How am I going to implement it? Because thank you for that title, like creative chameleon, right? Like I've always <laughs> felt like a chameleon actually. Yeah. That's so funny you said that. But like always just testing, trying new things. I knew I wanted to build businesses. I knew I wanted to build brands that made an impact. But again, when I'm 18 years old, now I'm 34, like, that verbiage wasn't there. Conscious consumerism wasn't a thing, right? right? I only had Whole Foods as a case study <laughs> and Tom's and Maine toothpaste. Right? I'm like, you see these brands? Like, yeah, and Tom's shoes. Tom's shoes. Not even. It was they like before Tom's yeah. shoes. So it's like, <laughs> I promise, like, this is going to be a thing, guys. So, long story short, kept trying, testing, traveling. And then one of my trips, I honestly ran out of money in New York. So my ass was back to Vegas, knocking on my parents' front door like, hey, I'm back. (laughs) I got all my college degrees and I have no job. So I'm going to need my room back. And my parents were like, okay, but like one of these days, like you're going to have to get it together. I'm like, maybe, yes, but maybe no. So you have to accept that because maybe this is it, right? So I ate a lot of jars of peanut butter, watched Bravo TV, just had a moment. And then my my dad kept like cutting out articles in the newspaper. It was like, hey, there's this thing going on downtown. Just go downtown. And because like my dad was saying, I'm like, dad, you don't even know what's going on. Like, I don't want to go down. Like, I just in my head because my dad's telling me this. I'm like, yeah. it's not cool. Like. Nothing's going on there. He's and like, will you describe just, what downtown Vegas is? Because I didn't actually know what downtown Vegas was. I thought so downtown like, meant the strip, okay, but it's not. No, so this is like the old school Vegas. This is like Fremont Street was like the original Vegas. And then the strip happened. So like all the old casinos and stuff like that, like it started here, which is cool. Like there's a lot of history. Like this hotel that's that we're in is from the 1940s, which for Vegas is very historic. Um most cities, like the 40s isn't, it's like relatively new, but because it's such a young city, like it's still a historic um, space. Um, so my dad told me to come downtown. I was reluctant, but I was like, whatever, I'll come downtown. And there was like one cool coffee shop that everyone was hanging out at. So I just like went and like got coffee and I would just like linger around and be like, I wonder what everyone's doing. But I was like, I actually am really shy. I come Are you off- introverted? I'm a super introvert. I come off like (laughs) friendly and like loud or whatever, but it's only when I really feel comfortable. Same. Right? Yes. yes. So super quiet. And I was actually on Twitter, like 
looking up the hashtag because I'm like, well, I feel co- more comfortable talking to someone on Twitter, like a nerd, that I was too shy to like talk to people in real life at that time. So I would just find people on Twitter who were like downtown and like this one person hit me back up and was like, hey, I'll show you around. So I met them for coffee and it was like this whole little world was being created and like manifesting and like what everyone was talking about and like creating businesses and making an impact. And it was like, the first time I really heard people speaking this language that I've been craving and like literally searching the world for. And I was like, son of a bitch, my dad was right. You know? Uh, (laughs) So I want to say that that part of the story of you finding someone on social media, it's funny because that was found you guys on social media. Right. Exactly. And, and, and even though Twitter at this time in 2019 is, is not as big as like Facebook and Instagram in terms of like maybe the millennials, I guess, I mean, Twitter's still pretty big, but my point is that I feel like in this time you could do that same thing on Instagram or whatever platform when you're listening that you're drawn to in this moment, you can use social media in this way that you were using what in like 2012 or 13. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how that feels like forever ago in social media world, but that's still a really phenomenal way to start to build in-person community. So if you're totally. introverted like Kelly and I are, yes. you can go and start a conversation with people online and then go meet them and slowly start to build those relationships. And you'll be amazed at how your network will grow. And that could literally change your life like it has with yours. A thousand percent. And I tell people this all the time because one of my business partners, Ashley, who's also my neighbor now, who also works at Ferguson's with me too. I met her on Instagram and I remember I was at a pharmacy because the person I was dating at the time broke out in really horrible hives and we were getting medicine for her and I was just on Instagram because just you know killing time and I came across this page and she was like talking about like conscious consumerism and eco and like all this stuff I'm like oh my god I was like screaming in the middle of Walgreens I'm like oh my god oh my god look look I found my new best friend and the person I was with was like, okay, well, I'm breaking out in hives. I really can't even look at you right now. Like, I have a situation. I'm like, no, no, totally, totally. I, I'm here with you. Bye. I'm going to – should I message her now or should I wait later? Should I – and she was like, I don't care. Like, do what you – and I'm messaging her. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we are going to be best friends. Can we meet for coffee? I want to buy you a coffee. I need to talk to you. Like, when are you free tomorrow? And, like, she wrote back and she was like – Hey. <laughs> Hello, person. Yeah, I don't know. I'm free for coffee. And literally, I met her like the next day. And I rec- I remember recording her on my phone. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I record you? Because I just feel like this is going to be a good story one day. And then she's like, okay. And like, it's, <laughs> and I still have the video somewhere, but it's like her, like, hey, <laughs> I'm Ashley. Like, I just met. Kelly and she asked me to make this video and it's so good. It's so good. And she still kids around like that because now we start a business together. We teach social media. And I tell this story, I'm like, you can meet people online, but just then meet them in real life too. Yes, like, yes. let's close that loop, you yep. know? So we always encourage. So we do local creative meetups once a month. And like, I we have like that. close to 80 people come and like a coffee shop. And this is happening not just in Vegas, LA, New York. This, this, these things are happening all over the country. And one thing I really love for anybody who's listening and doesn't live in a big city, look for those because those are still happening in a small city. Yes, they're happening all over the world. Proximity to people, exactly. And I also say, if that is not happening, you 
can start it yourself. Get it going. And yeah, even if it's just a couple people at first, that's all you need to start to build a community. You don't need 80 people. No. Right? No. And it's true. And it's cool because that's grown over time. So we've been working together and she's still my good friend. Uh, And that was like three years ago. And then shortly after, I was like, why don't we throw events together and like she was opening up a store I rented um an office in the back of her store mm-hmm. and then um that store she closed it she had a baby and all that good stuff and I was like well why don't we keep doing workshops together and that's how our business manifested the workshop downtown and we were like cool let's just keep doing it and it's pop-up so we pop up in different locations mm-hmm. teaching workshops on brand building like creatives teaching creatives or whatever your skill set is as a creative you teach other creatives locally Brilliant. Um, do you still is, do online versions of that for people we're that gonna aren't be in doing online versions yeah because before i've done online classes and then it was just like so much that i stopped i paused that but that's now we're gonna relaunch all that good stuff under the workshop downtown's brand and we'll link to all of this where you can find kelly and the workshops and you you have a newsletter yeah 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 yeah. and so we'll link to all that at wellevator.com w-e-l-l-e-v-a-t-r.com that's where our show notes are because i i feel like people are probably like desperate to start looking you up oh, and find cool. your Instagram and your your site Thank and if you. you're not already desperate become desperate because, because <laughs> Kelly's really awesome be I desperate mean, for Kelly pine yeah. for her I don't know stalk her the way she stalked Ashley <laughs> yes <laughs> and magic will happen yeah. Um, stalk yeah okay so I, I want to talk about um something in terms of uh and I've seen this kind of popping up with artist communities in LA um there was something called Community Night in LA that started about two years ago at the Echoplex, where uh, artists and you know musicians, painters, uh, porn stars, thespians, actors, like a- a- anybody mm-hmm. would get together to talk about, yo, know, when, when you're you know creating and you're an artist and you're making a living and you're in community, you're doing these things, you know, burnout and fatigue and anxiety, depression, all these things are a very real thing. And mm-hmm. and in particular in the artist community or as a performer. And I'm curious, you know, because I, I see you and feel you up to all these things and you're here like, how, and is this a thing for you? Like, do you experience burnout? Do you experience fatigue? Do you experience anxiety, depression, any of these kind of mental or emotional things? And, all of and, the and, above. And, and, and what, what do you do with that, Kelly? Like, like what totally. do you do with that? I go through waves and it's something I'm being more mindful of because it used to be in the summers. Because I, We talked about Vegas being so hot. I think yeah. that contributed to because you're staying inside so much. And I think too, because oh. I really love doing things, like you can't do as much, right? In theory, in the summers here. So I would get depressed. And I think too, with like burnout, it's not necessarily burnout. I, I've reached points in my professional career, just entrepreneurial career, where I'm like, I need to shift gears. So I've felt that shift and that gives me sometimes anxiety or, you know, uh, feeling like, am I just like copping out? Is this like what I need to do? So I've worked through that. I'm getting much better with my intuition and taking steps sooner than later. Uh, I've dragged things out in the past when I need to feel that shift. Even though in some instances, I'm like, yeah, I'll jump on a plane to China and figure it out. And then stuff, sometimes it takes me years to possibly make a pivot or change because I'll try and test it again and test it again, wanting to make it work. Um, So I've experienced all of those. I, I do have anxiety. I get waves of it. But again, for me, what I've noticed is when I am taking care of myself, it's tried and true with anything. When I'm sleeping, when I'm eating well, when I'm working out, like, yeah, I feel good. 
you know? But I've had at times when maybe on paper I looked good and I was like really in shape, but in the inside I was crumbling. Mm -hmm. Cause I think too, like, I think back of like one of the best times I was ever in shape. I was thin, I was cleansing, I went vegan, I was raw, I was like all this stuff. But in the inside, I wasn't out. And on the inside, I wasn't really doing what I wanted to do. So it all imploded. And at the time, I was like, fuck, it's because I invested more time and energy in myself. So that's why my professional career imploded at the time. But really what it was is that I needed to burn that down because it wasn't what I really wanted to do. So mm-hmm. now I'm able to see that. Now I'm I'm looking at I keep calling it a relaunch that I'm in right now. You know, good old relaunch. I changed my career, changed dating, where I live, like just style, like left and right. Just like yeah, and I like to make it a thing because I like I need to make things like an event or an experience or whatever. Like my girlfriend, she was annoyed at me the other day because like she's like you aren't being mindful about going out on dates, and I was like, girl, you're right. Because I fucking get caught up in shit. I get caught up in work because I'm so excited. Everyone makes fun of me too because I'm like, guys, it feels like Christmas morning every day that we get to go I to work. I love that. And yes. I, go, I get excited because like every night, way. yeah, I'm like, Santa's coming tomorrow. I don't know. You know, <laughs> like I genuinely, sometimes I get so high on life, which sounds so nerdy, but I'm like, I can't go to sleep because I'm so excited, right? Yeah. So I go in those waves where it's like almost like a manic kind of like, always on and then I go into the other part where I'm like not going outside for days on end Mm. so I'm really working on like finding my flow that's more sustainable but just knowing maybe there's some seasons where I'm on a lot like it just so happened this summer I'm on a lot I've traveled a lot more um that I was craving so it's cool so speaking of like launching stuff so Thursday nights here like that's why I have a hard stop at four because we I, I launched um we, our team here is called the fierce kitties so we have kit, kitten date nights you could take yourself out on a date you could go on on a date you could go on like a tender date you could go on a group date you could do you just a have double to go date, on a date of some sort. any sort of date almost like what's that the artist way where they where you're supposed to take yourself out on artist a date? date yeah yeah that's so it's like that Thursday but it, nights here from six to ten, everyone has to do some sort of date. So then, because <gasps> I get FOMO when everyone's working and I'm not working, so I'm like, no, we're all off the grid at this time. Brilliant. So everyone has to do a date. Yes. So it's a company wide policy that I launched. My friend Jen, I'm like, are you cool if I launch this? She's like, get it, girl. So my girlfriend was like, did you really have to like make it like a whole thing? So what are you doing dates? tonight? I'm like, yeah. yeah. So we're going. I I made reserve. I. I made reservations like an adult online. And I don't like the movie theaters. I just. Sticky floors. Yeah. Just I feel like just not my thing. Okay. Okay. Fair. I just don't like them. But she does. So I bought tickets for a movie at a movie theater that's only nine minutes away from the restaurant that I made the reservation thinking ahead. Already have the movie theater tickets. Excellent. In time for her to make it back to the babysitter on time. Wow. I have well a plan. Done. I think this might work. <laughs> I think it's going to work too. What movie are you going to see and what are you going I to I don't eat? even know. I just picked some random ass shit because like it doesn't You even don't remember the name of the movie? No. Wow. I just picked a movie that looked funny. I don't was know. It, was it Good Boys? <laughs> yes. Okay. It was like cool. something like that. Yeah. Yep, that's probably it. I don't yep. know. It looked funny. Yeah. Let's do it. It doesn't even awesome. matter. It's more it's of like that I thought about it, you know, like that's yeah. really what I 
Oh. But food-wise, I want to hear about the food. Okay, so the food is a restaurant. Eat? Diana Vegan's Baby gave me a hot tip. EDO, I think it's called. Oh. It's a new tapas restaurant that has vegan options. Cool. So I made a reservation. And so I don't drive. I just – I'm not good at it. I don't enjoy it. So I take lifts because lifts launched here. So I take a lift. So I'm like, hey, girl, I'll pick you up in a lift because I'll do two stops, you yep. know? Yep. Go to her house, pick her up, take the then the second stop to the restaurant. Perfect. So I have this plan. Yep. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I want to just, I, I know we're, we're uh, reaching the end of your time because oh, it's date night. We're close. Yeah. But close. In, no in, in, this, in this denouement, as we will, of the podcast, I, you mentioned something that you don't like movies and yet you, or movie theaters specifically. Movie theaters, okay. Yeah. And, and yet you have taken the initiative powerfully. <laughs> to take this human being on a date tonight, but yet putting yourself in an environment that is very uncomfortable and that yeah, you dislike. You yes. Right, no, yeah. but, but in all seriousness, and not to be like, nah, that's the theme of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but, 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 but it stood out in, in the sense of like, you choosing to do that, you could have picked something else. Yes. Like, I don't know, you could have picked go-karts, mini golf, gazing under the sun under 110 yeah. degrees, melting into the ground. I don't know. You could have done a billion other things in this city, right? Because yeah. there's so much to do. But you're like- Hanging I'm, out with the sloth could have been a really sloth, yeah. date. Sloth hugging, That's a, a cuddle fest. If you ever fest. take me on a date, take me to the sloth. But the point is this. <laughs> you, you, you willfully chose something that you're like, eh, not so much. But you're doing it because you clearly care about this person. You're connecting yeah. with this person. So- that's fascinating to me. I don't know if I have a question so much as much as this is an interesting observation that these situations in life where we're like, ugh, I don't really like this, but I like this person and I know yes. they love it. Yeah. So what's Which that like? What's that new. about? This is a new Kelly. This is part of the relaunch because I've never really done that. I'll be really honest. Like, I may have been told I was selfish in the past, maybe a time or two, maybe often because – And it's not even like uh, selfishness, I think, is a bad thing at all. Like, I am selfish in the sense that my main priority is me, my happiness, my fulfillment, my health, my wellness, my mind, my body, my soul. That's my main priority. That's what I have somewhat control over, right? Like, that's my main priority. So in the past, I'll be honest, I wasn't super maybe like negotiable on stuff that maybe I didn't want to do or felt uncomfortable because I'm like, it's not my thing. Sorry. Boundary. I kind of had that like, boop, right? Yep. Which I think is still good. But at the same time, when I'm also like, you know what? This isn't my thing, but it's an hour and a half. Worst and if case it means scenario, to this person. I got to just sit and hang with her for an hour and a half uninterrupted. Yeah. Quality cool. time. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? For like, what? $18 for two movie tickets. I'm like, oh my God. If that makes her happy and like has a moment that she's like, oh my God, I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. I'm and who like, knows? You might realize that maybe, maybe I this, like movie theaters. Yeah. Now. Maybe you've changed. Maybe. Right? Who knows? Or maybe you like movie theaters with her. Exactly. Could be so very situational. It relative. could be situational. The context of the situation. Yes. I don't know. So in the past, be very honest with you, I would have been like, no, I'm not doing that. You could come over to my house and watch Netflix. Right? But I'm like, no, Cal, like, Try something a little bit different. Because she also inspires me to do that. Like stuff that I'm hanging out with a baby. Like in the past, I've been like, I would never date anyone. Like I wrote, I told her this too. Like I wrote a list of who I wanted to date. A lot of things, she's the complete opposite. And then I looked at the list and I'm like, fuck. Like I am open to this. Like, you know. 
So now I realize that that is really cool, which was totally out of my comfort zone. My sister, I just saw her in LA not too long ago, and she's like, what's going on? She's like, you're cooking dinners. You're hanging out with a baby. Like, uh, I don't know what's going on. Like, Who are you? Who are you right now? Even my own mother, she's like, you held the baby? Like, she trusted you? She went to Target, and like, you were a home with the baby? I was like, Mom, I'm not a mutant. I am 34 years old. Like, yeah, she trusted me with her fucking baby for 10 minutes. Yeah, for 10 minutes. And she's like, oh, my God. Well, call me because I'm not far away because, like, my mom really does live down the street. She's like, I just I just can't picture you doing this. And I'm like, I know it's very different, but I like it. It's cool. Let's not talk about it too much because then I'll get all weird in my head. But it's cool, you know. And before I would have been like, oh, my God, like, no. This is so weird to me, but I don't know. My whole thing right now, like uncomfortable, like, yeah, I think you have to be kind of uncomfortable. And like, I always tell people, like, if you want to shit your pants, throw up, but you're excited, that's a good place to be, you know? Because it's like, and I've literally had that. I didn't fully shit my pants, but you know what I'm saying? Like I had like life changes and like explosive diarrhea and I live in an Airstream and that was a whole thing. And I had to alert people about my plumbing. and It was really embarrassing. And I told the repair guy like, hey, sorry, I'm relaunching. I'm going through these changes. I need a new toilet, you know, like I'm very. What was it called? The P. The P gas. P-gas. That was a whole. Yep. Parent, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other situation. I didn't even know there was something I, called P gas. Yeah. Imagine that in the, front of your this, new girlfriend when the repairman comes and says your P gas is making your uh, airstream smell you know, like eggs. Smell got, like eggs. It got real, and like, real quick. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. And I was like, dude, please stop saying the word P gas. I'm like trying to look at him. Like, don't you see this girl? I introduced her as my girlfriend. Like, oh, chill, bro. Man. Like, <laughs> but this is what you learn when you're in an airstream, right? Yeah. And talk about uncomfortable. Yeah. But actually, but you it know, is great. A lot of the times that we get a good story. Yeah, it's a great story being uncomfortable and and B that that grows you closer to people, especially yes. in relationships. Not necessarily P gas. I don't know. The, the, I think well, it does. Well, well, if, you <laughs> can, if you can make it through, if she can love you through P gas. That is like the sign of a solid relationship. Uh, I mean, well, she it, did agree to go on a date with me today. Agreed. There you go. True, but so, it, but yeah. it, but it is right. It's like if if you survive and go, and go through challenges like P-gas. from the get right because I, I yeah like like P-gas because there's yeah. this thing in the beginning of a relationship we're gonna make this perfect and it's gonna be the thing and we're curating this and we're controlling yeah. the experience and then life is like P-gas. Yeah. Sorry. We're actually That's- not going to have this be perfect for you with this new person. We're just going to throw you in the fire immediately. Yeah. But to Whitney's point, doesn't that create an opportunity for realness and bonding maybe where yeah. this person's like, oh, we're- this is real life. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. not some fantasy land. Because sometimes when we date people, it's this fantasy land. It's this projection of like, I'm this perfect person. And oh, da, 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 da And here's my resume. And then you're how- Which yeah, I used to lead with. I'll, I'll be oh, honest. Yeah. Didn't Most we all? of us. Most of yeah. us. You know, I've picked up people at the restaurant like, I'm one of the owners. Can you find that? <laughs> <laughs> find that cool girl? Hey. But see, that's like a maturity and a growing. And, and, and I feel like I, I'm at a stage in my life that when I'm dating somebody, I'm looking forward to the realness more than the fantasy Same. because the fantasy wouldn't it be better if you had the realness up front and the fantasy later versus the other way around mm-hmm. where you get the fantasy for like 
a month, a couple months, and then it's real the rest of your life. Like I think it's the- a good mi- – you need a mix of both. Yeah. I think. And fantasy, I think it's like being mindful and like just light enjoyment because I've been in like the trenches with really – like one relationship in general where it was like real from the jump. Mm-hmm. But it like kind of stayed in that heavy space, right? right. So for me, I w- I'm looking for that groundedness, but I also love like – having these fun adventures. We're going to San Diego. I'm like, I've been working a lot. She's like, I already booked the hotel. I'll be ready at four, like to put your yes. out of, and one of her, we met through her best friend, who's also one of my coworkers and friends. And so it's like, she didn't meet me in a situation where I was like presenting like, hi, I'm Kelly Bonnet. I'm welcome to all these things. She knew me as like, oh, one of her coworkers who's like, funny or just like right. that loud girl who always laughs a lot like yeah. oh I remember her you know what I'm saying like it was cool like I like that that's the dynamic that we met under mm-hmm. um and yeah the night that she asked for my phone number she asked our friend for my phone number and she, it was a lesbian lube wrestling event which is a very classy place to pick up women Lesbian lube wrestling event. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Wowzers. Wowzers. Maybe that's part Dieu. Yeah. If there's a what if we just ended the podcast right now with no further context? Like that's it. And and thank you all for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) We'll leave the theater of your mind with that event. Yeah. I mean, maybe one of my coworkers' best friends. She won. We have a, a lube, a lesbian lube wrestling champion on. How much right lube now. do you need? There's a lot of lube. And is it like coconut oil lube, or is it like? I know. I think it like was like bottled lube, lube. lube. It was like wow. industrial. Tube, it wasn't like, like organic, natural, no. like no. you would not approve free. of this lube. If okay. You know what I mean. It came All in right. like buckets from like Lowe's. <gasps> it was a, I don't think it was purchased at Lowe's, but you don't just picture that. Like yeah. the orange buckets from oh like construction sites. My it gosh. was like a Disney movie. This wasn't like a eco vegan event. No, this was not an mm. eco. I'll have yeah. That's yeah. like a whole other thing, but yeah. You know what? Every once happened. in a while, we need to take a break from being the perfect eco-vegan to enjoy these type of experiences. Yes. I'm and okay you, with that. You know what, too? And this is something like being uncomfortable, like because what you said, like curated, like being someone who works, say, in branding. And I, I do, out of any title, I think curator, right? I take pieces of all different things and I put it together, create experiences. Like that's the gist of what I do, right? And I think I put so much pressure on myself because growing up, I, I'm dyslexic. I never did well in school. I worked really, really hard for a B, tested horribly on standardized tests, couldn't get into any school except for the one school to let everybody in. I always had this chip on my shoulder that I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't um, mindful enough. I wasn't going to be able to make it. But I had this chip on my shoulder that like I'll prove them wrong, right? So I've just been on that hustle and like but making it like, oh, I've traveled. I learned a foreign language. I have five college degrees. I just felt like I kept needing things to like validate my ideas. And now I'm like, no, I could just be myself, do my thing, invest in my creativity, invest in my health and wellness, invest in this new relationship, invest in my community. That's good enough and I don't have to curate it. And the more that I've been like stripping it away and like – I just do goofy things on Instagram. I'll be like, I kind of got dressed today. And like literally, 
part of that shit was my pajamas, okay? Because, like, I didn't do my laundry. Uh, I had a winter hat on in 115 degrees. Like, I had on my sister's flip-flops that I stole from her. You know, and it, like, kind of looks like I got dressed because, like, I did my makeup. But, like, I didn't, really. Like, my clothes are dirty and my underwear is inside out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's real. I love real. that, though. This that is part is- of the reason why people are going to want to follow you on Instagram, which you'll find in the and show notes. And it's so funny because out of all the fucking things I've done, people are like, oh, my Kelly, Bennett, you kind of got dressed today. And now people are making their own episodes of I kind of got dressed today and tagging me. And it's so like it makes me so happy that I'm like, yes, like, yes, you did kind of get dressed today. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you're still in your underpants or no pants. Like I support you, you know, like you kind of have your life together. I did that one. Like I kind of have my life together because I had like an epic day at work. But then I pan and like my fucking airstream looked like a tornado had blown through. Like every pot and pan was used. There was shit everywhere. I'm like, look. So I'm showing you earlier of all the business I was doing. But look at my house. Like Mm -hmm. I kind of have it together. And later that day, that's the night when my girlfriend's like, you haven't taken me out on a date. Like what the hell? And I'm like, true. Yep. I kind of I kind of have this relationship thing going, you know. So then I started the company wide policy of kittens night out you know what I'm saying so I think the more I've just been honest of like I kind of have it together and some days I do have it together and yesterday I really did get dressed because I was on tv and so I was like I really did get dressed today everybody but then like behind the scenes like my fucking mic got stuck in my bra and like my skirt flew up and I tripped coming in I'm like really have it together I don't you know and the more I've just been honest on that the more people are like cool like we kind of have it together too and I think we all kind of have it together um and just being more honest and real and like making that approachable yep I love that I love that Kelly and and I love you and I I love just I love you too your depth and your realness and your heart and I just I know we don't see each other like a ton but every time we do it's just like it seems like yesterday right same to you too my dear if people want to sink into your realness and Ooh, sink if into they become your, desperate for if Kelly. They, if they become desperate <laughs> oh, for more Kelly Bennett. Good um, luck, everybody. <laughs> where, do, where do they find you? Where can they cyberstalk uh, you? Um, Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. And it's at with Kelly Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T. WithKellyBennett.com is my blog that's always been in the making that I've kind of had for years. But, you know, we're doing it. Yep. Um, and then the workshop downtown at the workshop downtown on Instagram, Facebook, um, website that's all the workshops that we're doing and then ferguson's at ferguson's downtown is like all the things that we're doing here and then all the different projects that we're working on amazing and so, that'll all yeah. be linked in the show notes Thank at wellabator.com I, I really appreciate it and i was really excited to talk to you guys too like it's such a full circle moment because i've known you guys for a while now and like starting a blog and meeting you guys and like i think i interviewed both of you for my blog back in the day because i've always admired what you both are doing and like the generosity and kindness of you guys sharing stuff remember when like you tweeted out a blog post of mine i'm like oh my god (laughs) or like you coming to the restaurant and doing events like it meant the world to me and i've always remember that and i always appreciate and i i really hold true to the people that i know that they're down to share stuff or show up for you and like you're DTS, willing to sh- down you know? to share down to share and <laughs> it means a lot it does and especially in like what could feel like a um overturn of just people and humans and a lot of information it's like when you find the real ones that are like really down for whatever you're up to and like I've reinvented myself I can't even ma- count how many times since I've known you both and it's like it's so cool and refreshing to have those people around so thank you guys for inviting me on and being here of course in my 
new season of life. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which, I'm like, I, I want to make sure that we wrap on time because oh, yeah. you need to go on a date and yeah. I need to meet that sloth before you leave. Yes. So. All right. Well, chameleons unite. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And if you go to wellevator.com, you may see a video clip of us meeting the sloth or seeing the sloth through the window, sadly. Peering at the sloth yeah. lovingly. As much as I'd love to like hold that sloth in my arms, it might just be through a window. This time. But that's better than nothing. That is better than nothing. I mean, I didn't even know that there was a sloth here. I didn't know that there was an alpaca here until I arrived. So yeah. this You're is a pretty a big life. deal. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.